Thank you, great and mighty God, O King of kings and Lord of lords. We praise and worship you, Almighty God. We thank you for the truth of heaven's grace and glory. Help us to be about your business and do your holy will. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have a Bible this morning, very good to be in God's house, and we want to uh, enjoy God's Word. You know, you can enjoy God's Word. God's Word can encourage you, and it can help you. It can lead and guide you in this path. If you have a Bible, I'm going to turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. You know, I've told people for years that when I first came to the church that I didn't know anything, absolutely nothing. And uh, we were kind of reminiscing about that the other day and I was telling them that... Uh, we were building much like we're building now, and, and uh, I was the rookie on the job, and um, not only didn't I know anything about the Bible, I didn't know anything about construction either, and um, so I, they had fun with me one particular day. They told me to go, you know, they'll say, go get a hammer or go get this. Well, this day they said, go get a head joint, and I said, a head joint? Okay, so I go running, and I find somebody, and I say, I need a head joint. Well, they all knew what the joke was, so they'd sent me somewhere else, and I was zigzagging all over the, the place, and all that is is when the block mason takes the block, and he takes his uh, trowel, and he puts some mud on it, and he puts it on the end, and that's called a head joint. So I was running everywhere. How would you find that anyway? What would you come ca carrying the mud in your hands? What do you do, you know? So uh, the mortar, in other words. So it's, uh, if you'd have told me to, and they did, to turn to um, the second chapter of Jude and bring it to them and read it, and I didn't know that there wasn't a second chapter in Jude. Didn't take me long to find that out, though. And uh, many other such things. So, you know, it's the Word of God is here, and it's real, and it's beautiful, and we want to learn of it. Jesus said to learn of me. And to learn of the Lord is a beautiful thing. I'm going to turn your attention to the book of Acts, and I want you to listen closely to what the Lord had to say. It is a very familiar place for most of us, but for some of us, it's brand new. For some of us, we've never heard it or focused on it in any way, shape, or form, okay? So let's just start with Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to turn your attention to verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Amen. All right. So I'm going to take this here and I'm going to try to work on in the beginning. Getting the right beginning. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. There were many things that Jesus went through, many things that he endured in the days of his flesh. 
when the Spirit overshadowed Mary, spoke the word, and after the due course of nature, she brought forth that man-child, and having done what the angel said, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so the Bible, of course, teaches us that Jesus began to grow in grace and in knowledge and favor with both the spirit and with man. That's a reference to his flesh, the life that he was living in the flesh, the flesh that he had to bring under subjection, the flesh that wanted to go many places and do many things. And also he had to conquer that flesh because the knowledge that in that flesh dwelled the fullness of the very God bodily and that he could do anything. He had all power in heaven and earth. And he, that flesh was in subjection to the spirit. And so it is sets an example for you and I that when we are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we are baptized in Jesus' name, that we then becoming a son or a daughter of God and a part of the body of Christ, that there can come a feeling among you that you can do whatever you want when it's quite the opposite. What we can do is we can do what God wants, and we can learn to put the flesh under subjection and not get a false sense of liberty that the, the flesh would make us feel that we're, we would be overconfident. And what did it say? He that thinketh he standeth, let him take heed lest he fall. So we have to remember that this flesh is something that we will always have to contend with. And that is why uh, Paul in his teaching said and called it this body of death because this flesh in it dwells no good thing, that is, in the uh, flesh itself. It's like, it's like a bank account, you might say, or a savings account. And if you, you never touch it, then what's there is going to become dormant, is what they call it. The Bible calls it mortifying the deeds of the flesh, that you make it dead. You're not going to draw on that flesh or take from that flesh. And so it, it becomes a dormant account. It's an account that we, we don't want to take anything out of that. We don't want to mess with that. And so it is with this flesh. It's a fleshly account, if you please. And there's no good thing that dwells there. So we're not going to take from that. We're not going to rely on that. We're not going to think that way or act that way or be a part of that. And we must realize that Jesus told us in his word and inspired it that we should stand fast in the liberty wherewith we've been made free. The Lord makes us free in the Holy Ghost. He liberates us from the dictates of the flesh, the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh are all the wrong things. The works of the flesh is what the enemy inspires in us and tries to tempt us to do the wrong things, go in the wrong directions, be a part of the wrong things. These were regular, normal people. Peter and his crew, they were fishermen, okay? There were people that were just, had their jobs, and Jesus came into their life one day and said, follow me. And they began to stop doing the things that they were so involved with, and they began to follow him. And he began to teach them. He began to instruct them. 
they begin to learn about him. He was leading them to something higher. Uh, one young man, new man here, asked me this morning, what did it mean when Jesus said uh, about the kingdom, would it be restored unto Israel at this time? And that Jesus said, it's not for you to know, it's not for you to be concerned about the times or those seasons that have to do with that. What you need to be concerned with is the Holy Ghost. And that's what I read to you. And that's what Jesus told them as he was getting ready to depart into heaven. The Bible teaches very plainly that he began to instruct them and to tell them. And he said, listen to me. He said, I want you to go to the city of Jerusalem. When you get there, you wait for the promise of the Spirit. He said, repentance and remission of sins was to be preached in His name, the name of Jesus Christ, among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. This was the church that Jesus was envisioning. The church is made up of people, people that come out of darkness and come into His marvelous light. He was introducing things to them and teaching them in the days of his earthly ministry. And he uh, endured a lot of opposition. But he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. That we will rise above it. And through the power of my spirit, you're going to be able to overcome the flesh and not to be worried about this world. He said, because I've overcome the world. And I've left you an example. And I will be in your heart when I fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I will lead and guide you into all truth. I will keep you from the pitfalls and the potholes and going in wrong directions and uh, desiring wrong things and getting involved with wrong things. There are people that they have their religion and they still have their world. Where Jesus teaches us that we're going to be delivered from the world. And that means saved from the world. The spirit of the world. And that's why he also said, Greater will be he that's in you than he that's in the world. And he also taught them very plainly and made it clear that there's going to be much tribulation, hard time, sorrow, adversity in the world. He said again, but don't worry about it because I've overcome the world. What I have paved the way for you. Didn't he tell the women to tell the disciples after his resurrection? He said, you go and tell my disciples and Peter. Wasn't that nice for the Lord to make a special emphasis and appeal to Peter who had denied him three times. But you see, Peter was in the flesh as they all were. They didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. The importance of getting what Jesus has provided, what he gave his flesh on the cross for that you might have an experience that would help you to get your mind on the right things. That Jesus was saying, don't worry about crowns. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about fancy clothes, costly array. Don't get all concerned in the bling of this life. He's telling you, don't worry about it. You're going to be on top of things in that manner, in that way that you're the best country or you live in the best place. You know, there's pride of face and there's pride of place, and there's pride of race. And pride is a work of the flesh. And we're not interested in pride. We're interested in the Holy Ghost. 
And that's what you tell yourself. It's time for me to get my mind on the real things of God here. It's time for me to get delivered from sin and sinful things. It's time for me to get victory over the flesh and the works of the flesh. That's something that cannot save me. Works of righteousness. It doesn't matter if you feed millions of people. It doesn't matter if you do all kinds of charitable deeds. It's not that there's anything wrong with doing those things. But when you think and trust in those things, oh, I've been a Boy Scout, you know, okay? But that's not being born again. Jesus didn't give any instructions by the way, he never gave instructions to his church, and his church never gave instructions to anybody to accept Christ as your personal Savior. What he gave to the church and what the church gives to the lost and the dying is repent, be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's do what Jesus said. Not what flesh says. The enemy uses the flesh. The enemy uses the weakness of the flesh. And he promotes things that people go after. And Jesus is trying to, to get the priorities right in your life. And to let you know that the, the, the grace of God has appeared to all men. And it's teaching us. It's teaching us some things. And it's teaching it to this present generation. I'm glad for all that got taught to the previous generations. And I'm certainly going to be glad for that which gets taught to the future generations till Jesus returns for His church. But we're in the here and the now. The Bible talked about now faith. Right now. Oh, I had faith many years ago. Great. Oh, I'm going to have faith next week. Wonderful. What about right now? Now faith. Okay, let's get faith in the present tense. Let's believe God now. Let's not keep waiting and keep putting off and put ourselves among the foolish. Let's be among the wise. Let's make the move to God now. Let's get our minds on the priority. Forget about kingdoms and forget about wealth and forget about other things of this world. Forget about all your favorite team, this and that and the other. Get your mind on what's important. The things that I, I used to live for the New York Yankees and the New York Giants. I was born up there. I was raised up there. I lived for that. I played all those sports. But you know what? When I have felt my need, when God convinced me of my need to get things right with Him, well, that priority ladder changed, friend. I don't, couldn't even tell you how far down the ladder those teams are in my life. I don't care about them. I care about the ladder that's going up to heaven. I want to climb the ladder that Jacob envisioned and dreamed about. I want to go to heaven. I want to do the things that are godly and right. I want to get my mind on that. I don't want this to be just a part-time thing. I don't want this to be something that's light and frivolous and not really important in my mind. I want to realize the importance. If I climb uh, the uh, highest mountain and swim the widest river, if I set all kinds of records and get my name in the uh, uh, Guinness Book of World Records or something, or who's who, uh, that's not going to do me any good if my name's not in the, in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the book said that that's going to be open, the Lamb's Book of Life, and going to be running down it, I suppose, alphabetically, looking, and God knows everybody by their name. 
He knows everybody everywhere. And you want it written of you. you a big deal if they write your name in some record book somewhere. You better tell yourself, I want my name. I want it written that I am born again of water and of the Spirit. Of water, I'm baptized in Jesus' name. Of the Spirit, I'm filled with the gift of the Holy. I got the same thing Peter, James, and John, and Mary, the mother of that flesh, and the other devout women got what I read to you in Acts chapter 2, that they, I got what they got. I'm not settling for anything less. I'm not going to be turned by religion and man's commentaries and their theories and their ideas. I'm not going to get turned to the right and the left by that stuff. I'm going to shoot for the uh, straight and the narrow and I'm going to press toward the mark for the prize that's the bullseye for the prize of the high calling of God which is in the church Christ Jesus. That's what I'm going for here. I'm not going for second best. That's why the Apostle Paul taught and he likened it unto, uh, he said, I bring my, my body, my flesh into subjection. He was making it clear that he said, I have to deal with myself. I have to die daily to things that my flesh wants to do so that I can uh, be alive to the Spirit and dead to the flesh. That I can have my mind focused on the Word of God, the chapter and the verse, the teachings that Jesus gave to us so that I'm, because I'm running a race here and it's not a sprint. It's not something you're going to do in a, in a sub 10 seconds here. This is, this is a long distance race. You're in a race here and you've got to tell yourself, as Paul said, this race there's one crown. And it meant overall, he meant going to the body of Christ, going to the church. Yes, it's made up of many people. As Paul said, he said, there's a crown of life laid up for me and not only me only, but you've got to understand in the teaching that he was saying, he's saying there's one body of Christ and everybody can be a part of it. Everybody is to be a part of it according to God's mind and God's thinking. Everybody is to be baptized in Jesus' name. He told them to go into all the world and preach this gospel. Preach it to every human being, every living creature on top side of God's greenness. You bring this message. You bring the same message because Paul said, if we are an angel, preach any other gospel unto you. Let him be a curse. And he said it twice. He made it clear. There is no other gospel. There is no other death. There is no other burial. There is no other resurrection. It is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, of course, you know, you always get the devil to come along and rationalize things for you. He's always going to try that stuff because, see, the flesh is made up of excuses, you know. And uh, I had somebody ask me something the other day, and I don't know what I did. I did something humorous, I guess, maybe hid their Coca-Cola or something. I don't know what I did. But I said, um, I, said I, have to, I have to rip a page out of George's uh, book. I said, I cannot tell a lie. I did it. Well, you know, this old flesh wants to make excuses. I could have said I did it because, you know, and then we've got some little excuse going on. And it's kind of like um, our little friend that climbed the tree known, known as Zacchaeus and uh, how that he did a smart thing and he climbed the tree, got him a better vantage point wherewith to see the Lord. He wasn't going to let a whole bunch of things get and blind his eyes from seeing the Lord. And so he climbed that tree and, of course, the Lord stopped under the tree and spoke to him and going to your house today, and uh, that was so good. And Zacchaeus was so full of zeal and, and enthusiasm and excitement. And, and in telling the Lord, he, he went ahead and just messed it all up. Because he said, if 
I have taken anything. What you mean if? You know you did this and you did that and you did the other. So don't come to God and start saying if. You know, you just cough it right up. Forget that rationalizing type thing. Forget that excuse making stuff because excuses make God angry. You just go ahead and cough it up. Just come right out there and just tell the Lord that's what repentance is. You're telling God, I'm going to bring forth good. I'm not going to bring it. You know, we got uh, Sister Mary's brother has been a, a fruit inspector for years, and Sister Ann's uh, husband was, before he retired, a fruit inspector. And you've got to look that stuff over. Well, you know, in the Old Testament, that's what they had to do when you brought your sacrifice unto the high priest to sacrifice that unto the Lord. They checked that thing out real good like. You know, they had to examine that. You weren't allowed to bring a lamb that was all blemished, okay, or, or halt or uh, missing a foot or something like that. You had to bring the best of your flock, the firstling of your flock. You had to take the, it right off the top, friend, the very best. And I want you to understand something. You can't come to God and just bring Him any old thing. You want to make a good repentance, okay? You want to make a solid repentance. You don't want to come and try to hold back on God. You, uh, you, you're going to get held back all right. When that first resurrection takes place, you're not going to get one inch off the ground. You want to be, in, you want to be caught up together with the dead in Christ which shall rise first and meet them in the air and so shall we ever be. You don't want anything to be a weight isn't, isn't it written in the, in the book of Hebrews to lay aside every weight? There are things in your life that become weights. And you've got to be big enough or be big enough to take the teaching that you will learn what those things are and lay them aside. Get rid of them. Do without them. You don't go run a race for real with ankle weights on you and wrist weights on you. You're not going to involve yourself that way. That's going to slow you down. And that's going to keep you from doing what you can do the best. And the Apostle Paul is saying, we got a race here. And only one's going to win the race here. It's not going to be the foolish. It's not going to be those that that turned aside from the Word of God or rationalized the Word of God. Now you know, what if, what if we're out there in the desert? This is such a common one. We're out there in the desert. And uh, you know what, I have an actual true story about an answer to that, but anyway, out there in the desert and, um, and uh, there's, there's no water. How, how are we going to baptize somebody then? Well, and they die. Well, won't it be all right? Won't God say it's all right? All that rationalization. People in their rationalization, they always come up with these kind of scenarios. You know. I'm talking about the God that made water gush out of a rock. And it didn't come out little trickle, 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 trickle. You better hurry up and get you a couple of drops. No, it was a river. <laughs> and you had to decide which side of the river you wanted to be on. Because before you knew it, there was a river there. Okay? God does things over and above and beyond the normal mind that can come up with these crazy rationalizations. Just looking for a way, but Jesus said, look, you try to come some other way than you come through me. He said, you make yourself a thief and a robber. And thieves and robbers are going to have their part in the lake of fire. So don't you be trying to go about this some other way. What's wrong with the way God did? You take an issue with God? You don't like God's plan or something? You go ahead and get God's plan. And you thank God for showing you His plan. For opening your understanding that you might understand the Scripture. Look at that. It tells me to repent. I'm going to do that. It tells me to bring forth fruit. Do 
worthy of repentance, to do the work of repentance. Thank you, God, for showing me that. Thank you, God, for showing me that Jesus was my example and he was baptized and that he came straightway up out of the waters of baptism. And when he's showing us to be born again of water, the water, okay, water, and that then the heavens were opened and the Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove and showing us to be born again of the Spirit. What an example he was to us. Let's do it just like he said. We don't want to go around to the right or go around to the left because the right and the left, they hook and they become the broad and the wide that leads down to destruction. You want the straight and the narrow that leads to life eternal and few there be that go in thereat, but a few out of each generation adds up to a number that John said no man could number. And everybody said amen. amen. There's going to be people from every north, south, east, and west, from every direction. That the writer was inspired to say, give up, my people. Give them up. They're coming out of those graves. And they're, they're going to come out of uh, this body of death. And they're going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Nothing will prevent that. Nothing will stop that. Because they're baptized in his name. And they have his name. And they're washed in his blood. And that's what baptism is for, you know. People want to say all kinds of crazy things. Like I said, man's ideas, man's commentary. And they want to come up and say, well, you know, I'm showing everybody. It's a public declaration. Well, I want to join the church, and so that's what you do, you know. But uh, the trouble is they're talking about some little local situation and, and getting their name on some little local role. And I'm, I think you need to set your sights a whole, I know you need to set your sights a whole lot higher. You need to tell yourself, I want to be on heaven's roll. And I want, to, I want to do this because the Bible teaches that baptism is for the remission of sins. That means the full pardon of sins, the forgiveness of sins. That my sins will be sent away and remembered no more. That all of my dirt, God's going to remove it. And the Bible said He's not even going to remember it anymore. I am not going to stand here or sit here and say that I don't want the name of Jesus. That's what people are saying when they're not baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and they want to give you some other way. People want to focus on titles. Well, let me tell you, all the titles belong to Him. All the crowns belong to Him. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. It all belongs to Him. But you've got to get who Him is. Him is Jesus Christ. That's His name. And if anybody can, will not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, they are not of God. And if you're not, not allowing yourself to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you're absolutely denying His name. You know? Well, since you put it like that, well, that's how I'm putting it. Because that's how it is. How long have you been married, Kevin? 40 years. 40 years. Me too. <laughs> so when you went to the altar and it was time to get married, did she look at you and say, I ain't taking your name? No, she didn't do that. We wouldn't have those 40 years, would we? No, we wouldn't have. Ain't that right, honey? We wouldn't have them 40 years. No, we wouldn't. Oh, well, you're not going to get first year, the first day, the first second without his name. 
You know, if you stand at the altar and you and the woman tells that man she don't want his name, that's saying, I don't love you. I don't want nothing to do with you. I don't want to be identified with you. Hmm? Is that how we're going to treat Jesus? Or are we going to get like the Bible said? And if you read it closely, it tells you to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I've said it before. I am a father, and I am a son, and I am a senior pastor. But there's only one of me, and my name is J.P. Feld. Okay? You got that? Okay. Because, you know, I don't have a lot of money in the bank, but what little bit I got and I need sometimes, I've got to sign my name or I don't get it. I can write a check and I can put father, son, and, and senior pastor, and I promise you that lady at the bank is not going to cash my check. Hmm? Okay, and how about my driver's license? You know, when I first got the Holy Ghost, I signed my license, J.P. Fell Jesus. I was so happy to be baptized in Jesus' name. I signed my name, J.P. Fell Jesus. That's just what I put right on my license thing. And man, you're talking about being happy and having the Holy Ghost. And I'm happy today, 40-something years later, having the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm so glad that I have His name. I'm glad I can call upon His name. I'm glad that not only do I, Hey, Jesus! But Jesus can look at me and say, Yes, son! <laughs> I'm known of Him. I'm one of His. And when the devil comes along with all his junk and all his dirt and, and being nasty to me, and I can say, Yeah, and you know who I am. Goes, yeah, I know who you are. That's right. You better tremble, devil. You better tremble. Because I believe in the one God. And I know his name. I have his name. I am his son. I'm washed in his blood. I'm filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when I rebuke you, devil, I rebuke you. Amen. And amen. So to get the priority straight and to begin to climb the ladder, I'm going to reach up there and start believing what he's saying. Well, are you sure you're believing? Yes, I am. Well, the next rung on the ladder is for you to repent. Well, I ain't going to do that. Well, then you're not believing. You just told on yourself. But if I'm believing, I'll repent. Okay? Because it's what His Word is telling me. I've got to prove out that I am in the beginning stages here of believing. I'm, I'm having faith in what you're saying. And then He tells me to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's for the remission of all of my sins. And I go that next rung of the ladder. And then he tells me, I'm going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's like him telling uh, that guy Nathaniel, in whom was no guile, the book said. He had no sneakiness, no underhandedness. He was, he was a, an honest-hearted person. Whoa, it's okay. You know, kind of reminds you them when, and they could have puffed out their chest and said, and I'm sure they were to some degree, unto what then were you baptized? And they said, John's baptism. It come from John the baptizer. You know him, eating them wild honey and locusts. You know John. Yeah. Paul said, I, yeah, I got that. He said, that's good. But did you miss the lesson when John said you were to believe on him which should come after him? See, John was just a forerunner. John was paving the way, making the path straight for Jesus Christ. You were to believe on him. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then they were baptized. In one, in one way of saying it, they were rebaptized the right way in the name of Jesus Christ. And when Paul laid his hands on them and prayed for them, they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
And God confirmed that they were believing in their heart. Because as they were believing in their heart, the Holy Ghost came in and began to speak through them, confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. You know, Romans 10 does not contradict Acts 2.38. One scripture does not contradict another scripture. The contradiction takes place in people's carnal minds, in their fleshly minds. The Bible teaches that kind of mind is the enemy of God. That what kind of mind could claim to love Jesus and then refuse his name in water baptism? Quite a contradiction. Where did the difference in the contradiction come from? It came from that place called Rome. Rome. That's where it came from. And it came from people that went to Rome. Where did they come from? They left the original church and its teachings, the apostles and those, and they left them and they went to Rome. And they said, we see a way that we could be global and we could make lots of money. And we're going to do this and we're going to hook up with the emperor in Rome. And we're going to make a religion for the emperor. He wants his own private religion. And that's how it started. And that's the, how they begin to make changes and rationalizations. And surely as long as we're generally talk, calling on God that we're going to be accepted. It's going to be all right. Don't worry if there's no water available. Don't worry if you don't get the Holy Ghost like Peter, James, and John did. It'll all be okay. I'm sure God's going to. Are you going to bank your life on that? You're going to, you're going to put yourself out like that? You're going to believe some compromising, wishy-washy, deluded water. Paul said, if we are an angel, preach any other gospel unto you. Let him be accursed. He said there is no other gospel. John the Revelator called it by the angel the everlasting gospel. There is no change to this. He said, I'm the Lord thy God and I change not. What's wrong with God's plan? Absolutely nothing. His plan is right. And he brought that plan in the flesh. He absolutely, God, Spirit, manifested himself, showed himself clearly in the flesh. And he went about in the days of his flesh doing good, healing people, helping people, encouraging people, and teaching people, and leading them to this place. And that's what we read in Acts 2. They came to that place in the last moments before he ascended up on high. He told them, you go and wait and tarry in the city of Jerusalem. You get there and you get this gift of the Holy Ghost. You go teach this message to everybody everywhere, but the starting place is with you getting it in your heart and in your life. I prepped you for this. I brought you to this place. Now go. And as they went, he ascended up and they watched him go. And then somebody blurts out, as was pointed out today, and said, "And uh, 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 is this when we get all the goodies? Is that when we get out from under the feet of the Romans? Are you going to restore to us the kingdom here on earth? And I'm sure Jesus is like, oh. <laughs> have I been so long time with you? Have I talked to you so much? Have I given you so many Bible studies? Let's get our minds on the spiritual. Get our minds on the priority. Don't you love when people say, um, my ball team's going to win because we've got God. God don't care nothing about your ball team. You hear me? Well, I got the best soap opera. God does not care about your soap opera. Okay? God cares about you. God cares about people's souls. I'm not talking about natural, carnal, worldly things. We're talking about the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
the gift that the eternal God has made available to you because He prepared a body. He dwelled in that body to the fullness. And that body was a high priest as well as a Savior. And that He could be touched with the feelings of your weaknesses and your infirmities. You know when you go, I just can't help myself. Okay? Well, He's there to help you help yourself. He's going to help you get your priorities right. going to help you get that flesh under subjection. going to help you to get your mind and your eyes, the eyes of your understanding, enlightened so that you know what's important, what really matters, what really counts. And you're not going to wait, hear me, and have success on your deathbed, you know, and you put them off and put them off and put them off and somebody comes and takes you by the hand and you pray some little prayer. Or you wait even beyond that until you're in the, in the casket and get some preacher to say flowery things over you. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. What you better tell yourself is God has given me a chance. God has given me an opportunity. I've gotten to where I'm at right now and here I am. I need to get it now. I need to do it now. I need to step up now. I need to motivate myself now. I need to bring my body into subjection now. I need to do it now. Let's lift our hearts with our hands and love Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear God. Come on now, dear Jesus. Touch our hearts and minister to our minds. Stir us up this morning, Lord. Help us in the name of Jesus, the name above every name, O oh God. And we praise you. We worship you, Lord. We want to be about your business. We want to get up and get with it for you. And it starts with each and every one of us as individuals. Individuals. Amen. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Somebody said, well, I'm glad you're baptizing so-and-so because so-and-so needs it. So do you. Everybody needs it. This isn't for any one person. This is for everybody. This is for whosoever will. This is why the Spirit so loved this world that He gave that flesh that whosoever would believe on Him, believe on Him. He wants to confirm that you're believing, not you just saying I'm believing, going through the motions here. He wants you to believe on Him as the Scripture said. You start doing what the Scripture said, then God's going to look at you and say, this individual is believing in their heart. And he will then send forth his Spirit into your heart, your believing heart. And he will confirm that you're believing because he will speak through you in another language as his Spirit gives you. These signs shall follow them that believe. He said they shall speak with new tongues or new languages. And the subject matter as the Spirit gives the utterance or the ability to do so. Let's give God a big hand. Let's worship Him. Yeah. Holy, holy, Father, you are holy. There is no one else like you. Faithful, faithful. Father, you are faithful. We have put our trust in you. Our God who reigns, we praise your name. Praise to the only living God. Praise to the holy faithful one. Hallelujah. We praise your name. There is freedom to dance in your presence. 
Father, you are.